You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh, I've been so excited to air this interview for a while. I've been holding off for the perfect time to share this guest with all of you, and her name is Vanessa Montgomery. So we're talking astrology today with someone who I think you're going to love. You're going to love her approach. I really love her book. And I, I was preparing for this and thinking about just how we meet people and how Life can be so interestingly magical in just these little moments. So I was at a my favorite little bookstore, putzing around, mostly getting crystals, let's be honest. <laughs> and I came across this book called Cosmic Power. And the aesthetic of the cover really is what drew me to it, but I started to page through, eventually bought it, read it, and loved this approach to sun sign astrology and of course the author was today's guest astrologer Vanessa Montgomery and you know it's funny because when I think about astrology and my path to discovering astrology it was very I feel like it went from zero to 60 for me where I was like cool I'm gonna read my horoscope and then I'm all of a sudden diving deep into transits and houses and all these things and it went so quickly and I, I didn't take the time to really honor my sun sign in that in the essence, right? The sun is your essence, it's your identity, it's where you shine the brightest. And what's so cool about right now, I think about this time that we're in, this time of spiritual awakening for a lot of people, is that a lot of people are turning on to astrology for the very first time. I know that I'm seeing that with my friends, my family, people in my life. And it's time to to honor the essence, the identity that we have in our sun sign. So yes, the astrological birth chart is so many things. There's so many layers. But I think it can be such a great way to honor individuals and honor who they are and their identity when we talk about the power of the sun sign. And that's what this book does. And so today, Vanessa comes on the show to share her approach to astrology. She talks about the book. She talks about how she uses Cosmic Power, the name of this book, to really help people see who they are and help how they interact with the world. So whether you're new to astrology or you've been studying it for a while, this is a great episode to learn more about the power of the birth chart, about your sun signs. And Vanessa is just super cool. I loved having a conversation with her. If you can book a reading with her, I highly recommend it. You can find her contact information in the show notes. So Vanessa Montgomery is a professional consulting astrologer based in Australia and the author of Star Power, A Simple Guide to Astrology for the Modern Mystic and Cosmic Power, Ignite Your Light, A Simple Guide to Sun Signs for the Modern Mystic. She really aims her work to seeing past labels and we talk about that today. 
and help people navigate the practical essentials with Grounded Cosmic Intel. I mean, yes, speaking my language. Her motto is to free your mind, own your power, and create your world. So yay to Vanessa for being here today. If you are new to the Yoga Magic Podcast, welcome. I really love to bring a curious mind, a beginner mind, a really lighthearted approach to spirituality, to self-care and self-discovery. So we have more than 100 episodes on different modalities and different self-care, self-discovery tools that you can use to try on. I'd really love to connect with all of you if you are out there listening right now. You can follow along on Instagram at ashleysondergaard.yoga or at yoga magic podcast and if you enjoy this episode you enjoy any of the hundreds of episodes that we have so far please consider spreading the word by sending this to a friend or sharing on instagram or leaving leaving a little review on the apple podcast because that makes a big old difference (laughs) okay a big thank you to our show sponsor boca my favorite clean natural self-care for your teeth and your mouth and of course to you for being here today everyone thank you so much let's get to this chat with vanessa montgomery Welcome, Vanessa. I'm super excited to chat with you. We were just connecting before we hopped on the recording and was sharing about how I found your book, which was in my favorite, most favorite store, which I talk about all the time on the show, Jewel Weed. And your book was sitting so perfectly in the middle of the table that it was just like, hey, look at me, look at me. And I'm so glad that I found it. Now you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on and thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, it's it's interesting to hear how people find the book. It was the same with star power. I think the covers are so compelling that uh, I'm just, the, the illustrator, it's a different one for each book and they just have their finger on the pulse. And I've heard the same thing. People have just seen it and gone, oh, and been gone over to it. And what's this? And yeah, the covers definitely sold it. And I think the illustrators really nailed the content. Yeah. And the content's so helpful and we'll get into that today. I think a lot of listeners that are here on this show are still learning a lot about astrology. They're in that. I mean, we're all, we all are, right. It's, it's endless. Um, It's endless. But that early stage, and I feel like your book is so great at capturing the essence of the sun sign and, and tapping into the positive, but also being a realist about, okay, here's the other side too. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's the spectrum, isn't it? So the positivity I'll put down to sun sign. I am a Sagittarius. Okay. Classic. (laughs) Always has to see the positive side or life is just too grim. So, but then of course, yeah, we know there's both sides. So what, how can we turn this to our, you know, the best I've got five planets in Sagittarius actually. So it's the extreme on the fire. Very positive. And I think that's one of the reasons I got the book deals in the first place was the mind, body, spirit, therapeutic element Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my writing. I was found through my blog. So, yeah, it's like that's what everyone's into right now, which is fantastic, understanding that other link, (laughs) our mind and our body, it's it's all the same thing. They're not separate. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really glad that that's taking off and that the astrology gives us a handle on it and a language as well. Yes, a language for sure. And just a way to love and accept ourselves for who we are. And I five planet. Actually, I think you're the second person on the show that has had that much Sagittarius in their chart. And <laughs> she had solid wanderlust. Are you just like wanting to travel? Oh, right now? Well, yeah, right now, the poor Sagittarians <laughs> and people with a packed ninth house. Yes. It's oh. a, I'm, I've lately, my latest thing is I'm marooned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm marooned here in this beach place and <laughs> I I'm not complaining about it though because it's beautiful here but I 
would have moved on by now. Do you know, is this where moving you and traveling. Or where did you, where did you uh, grow I grew up? up in this state, so I've come back to this state, but I had never lived in this area before. So I'm about mm, two hours from where I grew up, an hour and a half. Okay. Where, <laughs> so where a lot is of that? For those that live in the U.S. who have oh. no idea where you live. <laughs> yes, of course. So I am, you might tell by my accent, Australian, and I'm from Queensland in Australia, which okay. is, further, is further up north. So this is the Sunshine State. It's all pineapples and mangoes and <laughs> golden light. It's very relaxed. I mean, Australia is known for being relaxed, but where I'm from is particularly chill and relaxed. And um, I'm the suburb is, the, well, the area is the Gold Coast, so okay. sort of a city, but it's like a beachside town and Burley is the suburb and it's beautiful. It's a tourist destination because it's so lovely. Uh-huh. So it's it's okay to be marooned here. <laughs> yes. I would be not forever. Yeah. <laughs> or in the US. I really wanted to come over. There's a big conference I wanted to come to, but they have to keep cancelling it. So yeah, here we all are. It's just making the anticipation that much more exciting, right? Here we go. I know. <laughs> I'm just going to be, I get excited just going out because we haven't had many lockdowns in my state, whereas the okay. rest of the East Coast is currently in really hard lockdown still. So, mm. yeah, I, just, I go out and I get hyper excited <laughs> with all my sag. <laughs> so when did you first find astrology? Like what was, did you remember the first moment or discovery? Yes. Well, yes and no. So I know a lot of people are discovering it so much earlier now because it's really on the table, which is, you know, I FOMO over that. That's so exciting for people. Uh, but it was just not not a thing when I found it. So I was obviously like everyone knew that I was a Sagittarius, knew the sun sign. You know, you get your little jewelries as a kid with a little stone in it, <laughs> whatever that means, citrine, something like that and but I just never took that much notice of it I knew my friend at high school was a Virgo I didn't know they square each other on the zodiac that's about the extent of it (laughs) and then uh, I was living in England and a friend had a book with Chinese and Western sun signs together Mm. or signs together and I thought this was fascinating and I read through everyone's and mine I'm like wow if I'm so much it's not much information it's actually quite true and accurate and it I just started like reading everyone so from those humble beginnings that's where it began and then so that was in 1995 so it's been a while and then um, someone I knew was studying formally back in Melbourne uh, Australia in Melbourne and Mm -hmm. um that's how I understood there's so much more because she was telling me what she was learning. And I'm like, oh, there's a moon, there's a Pluto, oh, there's aspects. And she really lost me on the aspects. So I started studying because I didn't, she got to a point that I just didn't know what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. It was so far into a foreign language. So, but I, she, she revealed uh, the depth, you know, because she would do charts for people and tell me about it. And I'm just like, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. So. I studied and just was have been obsessed with it basically right in right in there as one <laughs> does yes and here we are <laughs> so you know people talk I've never formally studied astrology um and I I'm always curious what that means for different people some people say find someone to apprentice under others say like do some sort of course what in your experience what has mm. what does studying looked like 
Well, I always say find a course as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, I was reading all different sorts of books, like a book on Pluto or this or that. And because there was zero structure, it wasn't coming together really and I didn't know the hierarchy of things and that's what I find a lot about people that haven't studied. But then there's some people that that's how they learn best. So everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, I went to a school, an astrology school that had a four-year course and you just work your way through from the most basic through everything very structured so that then it's all structured in your mind and that foundation is with me today. That's what I used for my first book. I still have my folders with all my notes. So um, I didn't finish with them. I ended up going to another teacher because they changed their schedule and I couldn't attend. But that's why I, I pushed that. And that's why I did Star Power first, just to give people that foundation to go through <laughs> the, the elements that all go together. And then back to, yeah, starting with the sun sign for people that are just really just starting off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's Four what it years. looks like. There's plenty of courses. Of course, okay. Astrology University does, you know, a fantastic course. Uh, my original teacher has an online downloadable course. Amazing. You know, so you want to really go seriously if you do either of those because Mm -hmm. they're solid you'll be an astrologer at the end of it or just excellent and um yeah so they're my two top picks (laughs) after I finish my books I'll make my own that I've realized I can't do both at the same time okay cool that that's helpful I've get that question a lot people are like what should I do where should I start if I want to be an astrologer like what does that look like and you need to do a decent course and that's going to take a few years Mm -hmm. if you want to be like truly a good astrologer I mean you can do it anyway it's again everyone's individual but if you take the study route do that minimum two years do the full four years why not it's really worth it it's It's just so solid and you'll have the confidence as well Mm -hmm. that's a that's a good point yeah yeah so I talked a little about, about your book, Cosmic Power, and I want us to, to touch on that today as well as, as Star Power as well. Um, can you share with listeners just what your thought process was around that particular book and, you know, what, you know, kind of what the message is in there? Because it, I, again, I think it's so helpful to speak to the sun and I, it just gets overlooked as people start to get further down the astrology path. It's like, oh, your son, whatever it's for magazines, but it's also like hugely important, you know? Exactly. So I did star power first with, like I was saying, uh, the different elements so that you get a handbook on all these different things for people coming into astrology, just thinking, what is this about? Okay. Here's a snapshot of all the things. And specifically uh, knowing that it's mostly young millennials or young women probably zoom is coming up now that are reading this so i'm going to write it to women and you know my activist feminist side was in there uh with you know things like mars the sun i mean every planet except venus and the moon because they're usually represented as the wife or the mother or the girlfriend you know and Mm -hmm. we're reading it from centered in our experience unless you're um queer you're not going to see venus as your girlfriend you know so it just falls apart when you try to put these uh roles into it like we all have a sun we all have a venus we all have a moon so let's look at that and things like mars where uh you know that's usually represented as male it's called masculine it's like well no it's not 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is just a they don't have genders. These things don't have genders. So I my agenda was to write that through all of my work and um, make that clear in those books. Just really open that up and sort of start breaking out of that mold. So yeah, that was a big part of it. And again, like I said, that foundation where you just formally go through each thing, like planets, signs, houses, and aspects. Really, you can't get very far without having an understanding of those. And then there's more, but that's that's really the essential guide. So then you've got all the bits that then you put together. And if you're reading things, you'll have more of an understanding what they're talking about. So that's why I did that one first. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the sun, as you say, that's what I was noticing. Like this, the, the moon was getting a lot of attention, I think, because uh, a, the gender thing, like as women, we're told the moon is feminine, so we're going to automatically identify with the moon's traits because they're fed to us as feminine, whereas the sun is not fed to us as feminine, so we're not identifying with it. So I wanted to say, hang on a minute. (laughs) These are the things that you have to identify. It's the sun, like the sun and the moon in astrology are equal. They just simply represent different parts of ourselves. So the moon is the emotional and instinctive life, what makes you feel secure and safe. You're it's like your emotional language as well. If you know someone's moon sign, you can talk to that directly, you know, and it will comfort the person. But identity is the sun, how you express yourself out into the world. And of course, what through us, most of astrology's life, women haven't had an identity or a chance to express ourselves into the world and be um, an autonomous person because we were owned basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's been written in and people are just still like just repeating the same thing without thinking and thinking, well, this is modern life. We're changing things now. Let's change our language and how we represent different parts in astrology. So the sun gives us life. It's so important in astrology. It is very important. And um, it's just about re-identifying with this part of ourselves that we need to express and that we need recognition for. Like the sun, we need to be seen. We need to be known as this thing. We need to develop it and we need to shine. You know, it's funny at the moment, there's all these, I do see a lot, maybe it's my own mental algorithm, but, you know, (laughs) about shining and being radiant. Like you're talking about the sun there because we think about keywords and when you hear things like that, you're talking about the sun and being that unique individual. So the sun is very important, just as important, you know, because if you just focus on, say, the moon, you are not being a whole person and you're not you're not like giving attention to this really important aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that we do need to work on actually, I think, as women as well and not sort of play second fiddle by just taking the moon that reflects the sun and someone else's light. We've got to learn to step into our own light. Mm. Oh, yeah. And what that means. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and hold it. It's confidence and holding it and being, confidence. not Mm. not apologising, like it's unapologetic. It's, yeah. It's important. I'm, I like what you said about the the feminine, you know, the masculine. Like we can, I think a lot of people don't understand the nuance of what that means when we say, you know, the moon is is the feminine, it's that receiving energy. That doesn't mean it's just specific 
to female. I mean, it's, it's feminine energy versus masculine energy. And we need both, right. As, especially as women, if we can find some of that masculine energy and, and truly the, the ability to be seen and find, you know, step up to the table with the rest of the world. Yeah. Yes. That's the sun. It's a sun. It's Mars. It's like every other planet. It's Saturn by creating boundaries and having right. authority and expertise. It's, yeah, it's Mars by being assertive. It's the sun by just expressing yourself and having that uh, backup to push back as well if you need to, if someone tries to, like, push you off the stage. Mm -hmm. But I don't use feminine and masculine because it's, I mean, feminine is from female and masculine is from male. I think it's just been languaged that way because it's something we understand. But if you listen to it, the message is telling you that feminine, you're going to associate it with female, means to receive. Mm. And that's the way our world is set up. And it's, it's, we're so dyed in the wool with that. I think it's a really big deal to step out of that. And we're not doing ourselves a favor by saying being yang is masculine because it's put on men or males already that you must act, you must do, mm. and women, you must receive. So it's about how you look and mm. things done to you, not you doing things out and to the world. So I really don't like when I hear feminine and masculine or genderizing the planets in a traditional way, like at least mix it up. So I'll use things like I'm um, said of feminine, masculine, yeah, receive, receptive, say what you mean, receptive or doing or yang or expressing so that you're not falling into what we've already been so conditioned to fall into, which is female fem oh, I identify with feminine I'm not a masculine woman like someone that's that's really identifies as feminine um is mostly women <laughs> and mm -hmm. they might have an issue or some sort of block around being seen as masculine because that might be uh an insult to them perceived as an insult because what's a good woman it's a feminine woman like I see a lot of women breaking through into like business and things like that and the writing around it the language around it is, oh, but in a feminine way, feminine business, like you can do it any way you please. Yeah. You do not yeah. have to be feminine. You do not owe the world feminine or femininity. So I think it's just it's further reinforcing those things and it can be confusing, even though we know what it mean, what we mean by it. There's so much else. It's so loaded. So that's why I don't do that. And same with a lot of guys. Like if you call them feminine, they'll punch you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because they're trying to defend uh, culturally accepted what right. is a good man, a good man yeah. is masculine, a good man protects. Well, guess what? Women don't mess with their baby. Like they will. Mm -hmm. You want to see protection? That's the lion. So <laughs> it's every everyone regardless of gender. And that's why I quite like the non-binary uh, idea coming through because it enforces yes. us to reassess these really separate roles we've like placed on people just because of their gender, which is infinitely boring and frustrating to me. So mm. you can be all the things. You can but, look yeah. feminine and you can act masculine. You can act masculine but actually be incredibly or look masculine. You can be incredibly soft. So it's not masculine, it's not male. It's just it's a spectrum and we are spectrum. just so broad as people and there's certainly other more traditional cultures that have had that spectrum but for some reason our culture has just been so strict with these tiny little boxes and it's not natural. 
anyway, I digress, but that that's where I bring that all back into the astrology. And of course, all the planets and signs help to categorize all those different parts of ourselves that are all important, mm-hmm. regardless of anything like where you're born, your gender identity, your race, like it doesn't matter. You, well, everyone has a sun, everyone has a Mars. Mm-hmm. I mm. I'm thinking like it, we're just so quick to put things into boxes, right. To give something a label and like the way you're describing it is, is just really beautiful and the spectrum of it all. And, and there's a spectrum to every planet and every energy. And it's just, yes. yeah. Yeah. And there's your ability, you know, your reality to be able to express that. And as women, we have a lot more um, freedom now. Well, sort of depending where you're living right now, but generally in the West, we have a lot more freedom to express things that we couldn't express before. So we can hit the high road of it or the low road. So say Neptune, you know, we can be a modern mystic. We can follow our spiritual path rather than be in the old days, perhaps committed and put on drugs. You know, that's the shadow side of Neptune and the 12th house. So it's really how much can you express this in reality? How how realistic is it that you can get that high road out of this particular planet or part of yourself? Mm-hmm. So when you say 12th house, because people would just assume that they were crazy <laughs> because they were so in touch with the other side or, or I'm for someone who doesn't know what you're talking about as in committed and given drugs, what is the 12th house connection there? <laughs> so the 12th house is associated with Uh, having no control, having your control taken away from you uh, so that it rules things like asylums, Mm -hmm. but also perhaps the cinema Mm, or anywhere or jail, you know, at the worst of it. (laughs) Or And it's like the non-material. It's beyond your identity. It's like it's the collective consciousness as well. It's very mystical. So when I do readings, I get a lot of people with quite heavy 12th house placements no surprise in eighth house because that's also quite esoteric and metaphysical so they're always quite strong there so it's like pisces sort of the 12th house i have a jupiter jupiter pisces 12th house in my chart oh nice (laughs) yeah oh my gosh that's that's triple threat i love it i love it yeah right literally this is my life it's the best beautiful yeah Uh, so you wouldn't have had not so long ago you wouldn't have had the opportunity to talk about this sort of thing neither would i you know people that are mystics like mediumship is very 12th house can you imagine that person would just be given drugs and locked up like oh i'm getting this how do you know that that's the devil's you know that's that's the devil's voice that you know but mm-hmm. now it's different. So 12,000 people are in a much better situation. They can live out the positive high road of that spectrum that is available as the 12th house. Okay, you all love clean products. I do, you know, clean makeup, natural cleaning products. But have you thought about your dental products? I've been using the best product for a while and I'm really excited to share it with you. Boca is my go-to natural toothpaste. The Element toothpaste, it's the first non-toxic natural toothpaste with science-backed ingredients that outperform fluoride. It's really yummy and it's made with natural ingredients, essential oils, and it does not contain any of the gross stuff like sodium lauryl sulfide, fluoride, artificial flavors, or parabens because, you know, we don't need that in our mouths. I got the starter kit for Christmas because, you know, treat yourself and now I'm obsessed. 
The starter kit has the toothpaste, which I just talked about. It has the classic toothbrush, toothbrush, which is a V cute little pink toothbrush. You can get it in another color. It doesn't have to be pink. And the floss, which is made from natural vegetable wax. And then get ready, the tongue scraper. Y'all, if you're not scraping your tongue in the morning, you are missing out. It keeps my breath so fresh, tasting good all day clean oral self-care. <laughs> so if you want to check out Boca, you want to switch over to clean all-natural dental products that taste good and keep you fresh all day long, head on over to Boca.com and use the code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off of your order. That's B-O-K-A.com and use code YOGAMAGIC for 15% off. So I really just like how you talk about Australia. It feels, it feels realistic and and mystical still, but they're because they are, they can be the same. You can be, you can be mystical and you can also be a realist. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, it's a spectrum. It's, it's the whole thing. It's not it's separate. The whole thing. How, like, what is something, um, a way that we can utilize astrology that most people just don't have any idea. I use astrology to help with self-care. Like, what is it that you're just like to like blow people's mind about astrology with? <laughs> blow people's mind I'm not sure about that well <laughs> I don't really know what people don't know that's the thing that's so true. I guess my most far out thing well I'll do I'll give you two examples one thing is I do feel that sort of lunar cycle and I love I do love doing that lunar cycle where you know if the moon's in Pisces I just really do feel like this is a great time to go for just hang out at the beach or go see a movie be creative. Don't force myself to just kind of get onto the grind. Um, at other times, you know, say we'll go through that through the signs. So then it maybe it's a full moon. So I'll just plan my social events around the full moon. If it's a social full moon, say in an air or fire sign particularly. So I'll just sort of keep that in mind for that. So that's a pretty basic one. The other one is I do past life regressions. You do? Yes. I love that. Yes. Yes. And I do them on the nodes. Okay. So I use the astrology to, as the doorway to go back to, well, what is that? If it's a past life, I don't know what it really, what it is, but that's the idea. Or maybe it's just like something we've come into childhood being, being strong at, and we have to find our way to the North node. So what's the story around that? So I'll do the part, the regression around that. And I think, yeah, not many people, I've never actually heard anyone else do that. So there is that. That's been interesting. Uh, my good friend, Gina, she has a show called past lives in the divine. Um, I, you guys, I should connect you because she, she does the regression. And then our, we have this other astrologer friend who we like the three of us kind of loop together. Anyways, you do them both, but they do the same thing. It's like using the nodes to kind of gather that information oh, and then yes. going into trance to find, find the past life um, on the node. Okay. That's interesting. Good. Well, I shouldn't say that we, we haven't like, we kind of get together and do this for fun. We don't do yeah. this as like, <laughs> like that's okay. It is whether someone's paying for it or not. It doesn't, it's still, it is what it is. But this idea that what you're talking about with the nodes that you can see just sort of the baggage that you're bringing in, in this part of life or the gifts, you know, it depends yeah, on how totally you're looking gifts. at the, yeah. the good or the bad and where you're heading in this life via past life regression. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, it's interesting. So I always uh, say for um, like a healing outcome, 
you know, and what's the story? Like what is it that I'm meant to understand or go towards for the North Node? So you get the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's practical, not just for entertainment. Yeah, it's so healing. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite modality for healing regression. It's just, it's so quick. I mean, to think about how much meditation you really have to do to kind of heal something like that and you do it in a session. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And the guidance, I I find it's essential as well. I think people can do it themselves once they get used to it, but I I find the guidance really helpful. I do too. I've had it done when I was learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So you said you talked a little bit about how you look to the moon for just kind of your calendar and that you're planning for your own personal, um, just social life. And yeah, that's one of the best, I think, ways to just follow the stars. What else do you do in terms of your self-care? Do you follow any specific rituals or do you look at your chart for inspiration? How do you combine these two elements? And it's okay if you're like, I don't combine these two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I think about the moon sign and cycle, I do think about that for my own chart. So say I have Taurus rising, which means and it's at 17 degrees. So that means uh, 17 degrees worth of that sign of Taurus is in my 12th house. So when the moon is in earlier Taurus, it's actually in my 12th. So I get a bit of that Pisces feeling where it might just be time to lose myself, which is the 12th. It's about losing your identity, like losing yourself in that larger thing so and I love watching movies so I'll just let myself do that if that's what I'm feeling like I'll go with my feeling but I'll be aware of that lunar cycle and as it relates to my own chart so it might be losing myself but it might be also be really in a sensual way I might have like a little picnic set up as well you know with (laughs) foodie Taurus rising (laughs) candles on I might just feel like doing some artwork you know so that's a really big one for me and I've done that for a long time I've noticed the sun as well like the moon and sun are great to follow because they move they just move so fast so you can just observe and learn like how do I feel check the chart where is the sun in your chart what's it doing or the moon so I'll do that a lot of things I'll just go with my feeling and it will be validated with the astrology as well if I check it so my feeling drives it except when I'm planning so I'll plan on the you know a really great aspects that are in the chart or when say say the sun is conjunct my mercury or something like that so those cycles or the moon because it moves faster that's when I'll plan certain things like um, if I give a workshop or do a speaking thing I'll check for what's going to be better and choose that date and time if I have a choice so Mm -hmm. I certainly do that I think a lot of astrologers do that it's called electional astrology Oh, I've never heard the term. I love that. Okay. Yeah. There's so many different branches. So that's when you just choose what will be the best time for something. Okay. And when to avoid. avoid And yeah. And what might not be (laughs) such a great idea. Like if there's an eclipse on your sun, I'd stay home. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Check where those eclipses are. Although sometimes they're like surprisingly great, right? It's, it's wild card. So who knows? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) From my experience, depends what it's doing in your chart. Sometimes it won't make a ripple, but uh, I think the validation as well, in terms of 
underst- like you know what you need, but sometimes the things that mean the most of us, are, we actually avoid them. Don't ask me why, but we do. So it helps validate. So I've got so much in Sagittarius. What do I love? Venus is in Sagittarius. I love traveling and doing random spontaneous things. And, you know, I've got moon in Aries in the 11th house. I love being around just people that I don't know. So sometimes I'll just go to somewhere nice and write my horoscopes for the week and chat to random people. (laughs) And, And that's really nurturing to me because it's my moon in there. So, and I eat some food and they bring me a nice cup of tea and, so to me, that's self-care. I love that. Yes. And when I speak to people with moon in the 11th, they, we understand each other on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the Taurus rising as well. Like I know a lot of people with Taurus rising, we just like to commune around cups of tea and little picnics and sit for hours and just have these long conversations. So it's very validating. I would say it's the main thing. Like I know I like that, but I just really let myself have it. You know, I know what to do if I need to, you know, fluff up my energy or whatever. I will get to nature, do a big walk, feel so much better. Yeah, I think all of that. And not push yourself either. Like I have Mars in Pisces. I need lots of sleep actually. Mm, yes. You know, I'll burn all this energy up so quickly and then I do need that sleep and alone time and just to gather that energy back, do creative things and really balance. It's the balance of the whole chart. So the sun is so important because it is a thing. The house, the area of life where it shines is where you're meant to shine. Like it's a really important part of your chart, so it's good to know. Um, but it's at the end of the day, it is the balance of the whole charts. Right. Mm. Okay. What are you looking to, good or bad, maybe I shouldn't say good or bad, in whatever way we're just preparing for in the rest of the year? and early into 2022 any I mean I feel like we've hit some big things in the last few years it's <laughs> oh like my gosh. everything feels a little bit less intense than the last few years so what are you looking to oh my gosh well when you first uh, asked this question you said big ticket items and I thought you meant conferences <laughs> astrology conferences <laughs> Oh, sorry. Astrological (laughs) events. (laughs) The headlines, the astrological headlines, I call them. Well, this year, the big headline is, of course, the Saturn square Uranus, as you would know. And that we've had two out of three exact hits. So we have that final one coming through December 24th, I think it is. So Uh to me, it's just all about that this year. And I suppose the follow on from last year's massive headline which was the um Saturn great conjunction Pluto conjunction yeah. mm-hmm. with Jupiter in there and then like the second part of the year with Mars squaring all of that from Aries mm-hmm. oh my gosh so and then we had the great mutation so Jupiter Saturn going through into Aquarius in December I think, yes, in December. So mm-hmm. that air sign Aquarius coming in, the Jupiter cycle. But the headline for this year is definitely that square. And so we, we're just in the throes of that. Like there's so many, pro- it's protesting. There's so many protests. There's protests here. There's protests everywhere at the moment. The Afghanistan thing, which is devastating. It's all that square. That's it's Nothing comes close to that headline. And, of course, you know, following on from all that, Pluto still in Capricorn as well, breaking down government and systems. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> systems, the economy and life, you know, it's been on life support since the GFC in 2008 when Pluto went into Capricorn. So it's all of this just following on. And then the positives, which is I love to follow the Jupiter cycle generally. So, of course, that's in Aquarius. So just really enjoying that and enjoying the observing as an astrologer. I just love observing how these things are expressing. So you had a question that was what is a little known thing about astrology. And I don't think a lot of people realize that you can use it to trend forecast You know, a lot of people that don't know much about astrology at all, they're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. You can use it to train forecast as well as, you know, events and political forecast. But you can just sort of see what's going to be hot and what's not, and that can help you plan as well. So (laughs) I'm excited about Aquarius because Aquarius is books and reading and geeking out and being a nerd and acquiring information and um, Aquarius sort of rules astrology is one of the ideas. So I'm writing books. <laughs> really happy yes. about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's that square. Would you say the same thing for that? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I don't. The Saturn square Uranus three times this year. I don't. Sometimes I have to set up a barrier to like what I. I don't try to forecast because I get almost. Too, it's like too much. <laughs> this mm. is why I don't do like anything predictive. And, but, but like you said, to go back and look and see, okay, well, this happened on this, the first hit. And then this happened on the second. You can sort of know what to expect. So I, I find it helpful. Like, obviously at the moment, everyone is very insecure. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of change. So people are wanting the forecast and wanting all of that. Whereas before I was much more focused on, like, I still am, but I'm just getting this call to well, what's happening? <laughs> I was much more focused on doing personal psychological, you know, readings and charts. And in my writing, uh, I would talk a little bit about the times as well, but it just was not as eventful as it is now. So right. people are wanting that more. And I find it fascinating. And I want to know too, am I going to be able to travel? Should I get a bit more cozy where I am? How long is this going to last for? So you know, I look to that. We look back and see what happened last time and get to know the cycle more. So, yeah, I'm not planning to go anywhere for a while. I know. When that when Jupiter gets back into Pisces, do you feel like that'll feel good? Or what? Are, that's what I'm, I'm holding out <laughs> when it comes back in. Well, that's an interesting one because Jupiter is at strength in Pisces. Right. So whether that, you know, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a high road and the low road, what's good and what is bad what is good and what is bad. So Jupiter in Pisces could mean that things get infected with zero boundary. There's no boundaries or barriers. So in terms of if you're talking about a COVID situation, it could mean people get infected really easily. Or it it could mean other things too, like it's a beautiful revival of the artistic and the mystic. So that's the high road and often you'll get it um, slathering of all of it so I'm expecting again the mystic's going to get just another boost yet another boost it's already going so strong with Neptune in Pisces so Jupiter coming through and then Jupiter's going to conjunct Neptune in Pisces oh my gosh oh <laughs> I just think it's going to be beautiful but you could get the other side where things slip through and there's no boundaries <laughs> or you know you just 
there's no good and there's no bad. It's just what we apply to it. It's our own right. ethics and morals. So uh, I'm looking forward to the modern mystic side, the beauty. There might be some beautiful art comes through, like a real, it's a real renaissance vibe. Yes. I love the artistic. So when Neptune itself went into Pisces, I remember the whole look and landscape changed and it's been flourishing it's just so beautiful assisted by the internet obviously in social media so I'm expecting a bit of a peak and highlight mm. <laughs> next year with that or later whenever it goes in later in the year I have to check that so we'll yes. see it's good but, yeah people great time to like, get us, like us like yes. the people that want to just do this right like it yeah, and that's where it's great for trend forecasting because same with Jupiter, you know, year by year, it's like who, what, what industry is going to do the best, like, and you can sort of plan for that, you know, obviously art is going to do great when Neptune's in Pisces and then Jupiter goes in, Art artists, anyone into yoga, the spiritual stuff, the astrology, cards, like tarot cards, go, even going further where you're just meditating or you going on retreats even, it's very retreat and just withdrawing from the world and withdrawing from capitalism or, you know, all those things. Or, yeah, soulpreneurs might get their moment, people with a lot of Capricorn and Neptune and Capricorn, them, you know, that's a bunch of millennials. They might just have this peak breakthrough and lead us through somehow, you know. Yeah, it's great for this industry. And then other industries, not as, not as particularly, you know, the flavour of the moment. But everyone, every dog has its day. I love to say that. Every dog has its day. Do you have that saying? No, I just love that. Oh, I'm just like nodding. Oh, do you stay. mean in the US we do say that? We do say you do, that. yeah. Not me so, personally. Yeah, yeah, so the cycle. So we know that, you know, you might not be in flavor now, but you will be because the cycles always come back round and they're Absolutely. always moving. So you will have your day. So just keep doing what is your thing. Mm-hmm. So the mystics are <laughs> smashing it. So I think for people when when Jupiter goes through Pisces, I think there's already been a lot of people that have discovered all of these things and decided they want to, like, say, the illustrator of Cosmic Power, my second book, she was studying something um, much more right brain, sorry, left brain, and her illustration was on the side, but she decided she she just loved doing it. So she's just gone full-time into it now and just doing really well, whereas I wonder if that would have happened for her and so many other people that I've heard that story so many times. They're just giving over to it. I don't think they would have been different times. So I think next year will be another like big batch of people just going, you know what, I'm going to go professional with this. I'm just going to like try pottery and try drawing and spend more time on it, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's interesting because you can, I mean, especially in the States, you can feel that people are, they're pursuing their dreams and they're doing the solopreneur life. And it's hard to hire people for jobs right now. I mean, we're seeing that everywhere. It's wild. And it's, I, I mean, I think it's great, but it's, it can be challenging on the workforce. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause it's, yeah, it's true. It's like, that's a good way. You said it, you said a key word with following their dreams, which is mm-hmm. Neptune and Pisces, isn't it? And no one wants to do the grunt work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we are. I don't want to do the grunt work. I don't want to do this. I'm like, <laughs> I'll just podcast and I mean, I'll do my work, but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, you know, I guess that just, that's part of perhaps dissolving how the economy was working and how the structure was right. working. And it takes all of us to start to bow out and change things and redirect what we find valuable. 
you know, it can look so different. So I hope it does change things radically. For the better. Me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was so fun. I'm like, now I'm amped. I'm it's, it's late and I'm going to go to bed, but I'm going to think about this for a long time. It's so good. <laughs> it's definitely better as a morning thing. Lucky me. It's uh, lunchtime here. It's so cool to be in totally different parts of the world and connect. I'm super grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love, obviously, I love that too. Living vicariously as a Sagittarius, right? making friends everywhere. Everywhere. Can you tell listeners where to find you, your books, um, get some of your amazing writing out there and your, your horoscopes that you're doing all the time? Yes. So my book, Star Power and Cosmic Power, available everywhere. Just Google, go on Amazon or find someone local. You can order anything through local bookshops as well. They can bring it in if they don't have it already. Tell them to stock it. You can get a private reading with me to learn more about your chart and what's happening as well for you, how to perhaps make the best of what's happening, all the crazy. Because <laughs> there's always a high road to things or, you know, when it's going to ease up or, you know, challenging times ahead, all that sort of thing. And, yes, I do two weekly horoscopes at the moment, which is one for Glamour magazine for Northern Hemisphere and one for Australia's biggest news site, which is news.com.au. So you can find links to all of these things on my website at astroallstars.com. And that starts with a Z because the S was taken by a Korean boy pop band (laughs) (laughs) who've now made a comeback. I was like, yay, they're just going to leave the name for me. And they've made a comeback. Damn it. I do. I do love K-pop. So good for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have my boy band equivalent right there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Vanessa, this was so great. I'll link all that up so people can find you and get a reading, learn more. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lovely chatting. Stay cosmic. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Vanessa for being on the show, sharing her amazing insight. You can get more information on Vanessa in the show notes. And thank you to our show sponsor, Boca. Have an awesome week, everyone. We'll see you next week.